0: Welcome into another episode of, Mile, of the Colorado Craft Podcast by Mile High Bourbon and Rye. My name is Zach and I am the host of the show. If this is your first time listening, this is a show about everything Colorado craft. So we're going to talk, if it's made in Colorado, if it's designed in Colorado, if the pictures are taken in Colorado, then I probably want to talk to you about it. And today we have Owen here, Owen from Lock & Co Distillery with their Aspen-aged lineup. So, Owen, how's it going? Doing great, Zach, thanks for
1: having me. Um, yeah, excited to share some whiskey, have some fun, and talk things Colorado.
0: Yeah, really, really pumped for this, for sure. So, uh, I guess let's, uh, oh, actually, before we really dive too much into it, quick shout out to Stoney's Bar & Grill Stony's. in Denver, where we're hanging out, having uh, having a couple of beers here enjoying the atmosphere they were nice enough to set us up in kind of a little private bar spot for the evening recording so cheers to stony thank you guys very much um, thank you stonies lots of good memories here if you know you know curtis jeremy chris brish all you guys uh, a lot of fun here the all the friends that's right listening to the podcast no bring back some memories <laughs> awesome well owen Let's start off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So I'm uh, I'm a sixth generation Coloradan.
1: Uh, family came out in the 1870s, started mining in Salida, BV area, and never left. Uh, my four times great grandfather had one of the first liquor stores in downtown Denver. So awesome. it's roughly like F and Holiday Street before uh, the fire happened. So okay. uh, one of the first liquor stores and general stores downtown. Uh, There's pictures of it in the Colorado History Museum, which is great, but I did burn down. It would have been a great spot for a distillery. We're not getting chased down here.
0: (laughs) That's just the wonderful sounds of downtown Denver. This is the color and culture that we (laughs) love and respect down here.
1: But yeah, so Colorado native. um, My business partner, Rick Talley, who I went to high school with, longtime friend, best buddy. He's another native, so we uh, we grew up together. Went to Littleton High School, a little fun. So okay, awesome. Yep. Yeah. And we uh, we started homebrewing beer when I was 15 years old. So great time. It, great time. it was a great time. It was a great way to make friends, right? So started homebrewing beer before we could uh, before I could drive. Rip was a little older, but my folks were okay with it because of the family history of Colorado having one of the first liquor stores, and then Grandpa on the other side of the family made bathtub gin during Prohibition. So when I started homebrewing beer, they're like. Cool science, I'm sure that beer tastes great, get the hell out of here type of situation. <laughs> so, uh, again, we're safe, we're sound. Uh, but yeah, so I started homebrew beer in high school, kept home brewing beer. I went to CU for undergrad, and then Rick and I connected in grad school at the University of Denver, where his buddy worked for Jim Beam. Okay. So we got hired by Jim Beam to kind of uh, go around, do tastings, and do sampling events all throughout Colorado. So we got kind of paid to learn about Booker's Bakers, Knob Creek, their whole portfolio. But we had this homebrew background. So kind of when we were done with that experience in 2010, we bought a still and started making whiskey in the garage.
0: Okay, awesome. That's, that's really awesome. That's a good time. Again, <laughs> it's, a, it's a way to make friends. Right? That's right? a heck of a way to start off with that kind of experience. So what moved you from brewing beer into
1: distilling whiskey? Yeah, so good question. The beer was kind of like the fun thing to do. Um, again, 1995, when I was 15, that dates me a little bit, but I um, was really into just kind of the fermented arts. Like my dad took me to a brew shop that opened up in the mid-90s where you could make it on site. Um, it was just really cool and kind of a fun experience kind of sharing that with my dad. And he was always a part of helping us out and doing those things. And then the whiskey, we're just like, okay, you gotta make good beer to make good whiskey. And we've we've been playing with beer for years in Colorado. So bought a still, we actually bought one from Western Kentucky called Hillbilly Stills. Nice. A nice like 23 gallon, six foot, four plate copper still. Really efficient one. Not your really baby starter, but a starter. You see a lot like actually locally for like R&D stills. Okay. And so we started using that in the garage. And a lot of people will say, like, the first time they make moonshine, it was, like, the best moonshine recipe in the world. I totally scorched my moonshine the first time. Because I was, like, filtering kind of differently for beer and just burned it and it came out. I'm like, oh, my God, i ruined everything with day one. But, again, this was, like, hobby time. This was, like, fun to do in the garage. You know, just, just making friends and causing trouble. So got better at kind of filtration. And one of the places that really helped me was um, Leopold Brothers okay awesome they're like original location Scott was there and I came from beer which is closed-air fermentation and going to their facility and talking about their experience in Michigan then kind of open the craft brewery and then come back to Colorado to do spirits they had open-air fermentation and that was just like clicked in my head the conversion from like actually how do you ferment for whiskey and so that was like a big like aha moment this is kind of like free uber and we went into their facility the original facility it was like 20 samples like we got to get a cab home from here like this is crazy like five types of whiskey and then flavored whiskey and then the absinthe on top you're like oh god we got to get out of here but it was so much fun but that really changed kind of my perspective on how to ferment for spirits versus beer similar but different different yeast different strategies on how to do that so kind of used that in the garage and then started kind of playing through our own still. Uh, we, we went to Denver Beer Company. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Friends of ours, and we got some uh, some cans of beer that weren't full-filled. Gotcha. So right. like 11-ounce beers, we opened them up, Carpenter Knopf's, so their beer waste was like R&D for our whiskey, kind of beer schnapps. Nice. So just like learning how to run the still, how to take cuts, do those things. So we would get like 60 mason jars. And we line it. them up, like, every two minutes and go through and be like, all right, my palate says the head stopped at jar 15, the hearts began, and then they stopped at jar 40. Okay. we compare that to kind of our distilling logs, it was kind of like, we're science meets palate. Right? Gotcha. So that was kind of like the baby steps of us getting into, like, actually making so I really
0: like that idea there, where the science meets palate. Because I, I hear all the time, and I it really, I love it. Is that distilling is not just pure science. Like right. you get the guys that have the like a biochemistry degree and all of that, and it's obviously hugely important in what you do. But sure. there's an art aspect to it, and that that kind of feel for what it is, and that yeah. having the palate to pick that up. And I think that's like it's kind of like cooking.
1: Like you can go be a culinary expert and go to culinary school. Or you can learn from grandma. Yep. Right? And both can make great dishes in that way. And so it's kind of like the science and practice versus the history. and just your palate. You're kind of going through and building out as you go. So it is a process. Yeah. You know, again, the first time I ran the still was not a pretty sight. Like, (laughs) this is no joke. It takes a lot of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. So one of the, I think, kind of. Flagship key pieces of Lock & Co. Obviously is the Aspen aged sure. aspect of it. Yep. When did you decide to put an Aspen tree in your whiskey? It's a great question. <laughs> great
1: question. We we always go, what would a wood chunk do, right? right? So, <laughs> uh, so in the fall of 2010, we took a Mason jar of moonshine rye. Again, we'd worked for Jim Beam. We wanted to make whiskey. We wanted to drink. So we we're making a rye, flaked crystal malted rye two, two two-row barley, and golden oats. So we had this big complex mash bill. We're making moonshine in the garage, but all high-rise stuff. And then we took a mason jar of rye up to Fairplay, Colorado. Okay. My wife's family has a cabin up there they've had since the late 70s. It's about 30 acres with nothing but aspen trees. But it's an old cabin, so we shut it down every fall for the winter. But there's nothing but aspen trees in the property. Awesome. You can see, if you're watching, the video highlights of me holding an aspen stave. So essentially we're drinking around the fire, having a good time through a chunk of charred aspen from the fire, into that mason jar moonshine rye, and left it on a southern-facing windowsill. So, so hot day, school nights, What nice. worked all winter. Yep. Came back to spring, like, really glad we were drinking. Yep. More of the story, drink by the fire with friends. And It's the best way to do it. It's the best way. Safety first, too. Lots of people. Yes. Um, Yeah, so we took a sip off that jar in the spring. We're like, really glad we were drinking. This is good stuff. But as you've heard and seen from other people, Aspen's too soft of a wood to make a barrel. Yep. So it's got to float in the whiskey. So we decided we were going to pour the whiskey out of the barrel into big, large, like 300-gallon stainless steel totes and tanks, and then drop in a cross-cut of the Aspen wood rather than a stave cut. Okay. So for us, that's super important. That's just kind of how we do it is we align the natural cell structure. So if we pour whiskey on the top, it'll flow right through. Naturally goes to right through. through. The xylem foam cell structure. I had to look it up. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. But instead of cutting it against the grain, like, hey, you make a barrel stave, if it's going to float in there, let's make a big filter. Okay. So a big part of the R&D was how to cure this aspen wood. Yep. You've know, cut an aspen tree, right? Yeah. Yes. So that yeah. first cut on aspen is pretty bitter. Yes. Right? And so... We try to cure these trees for about four months, still better eight months, still better. So it's about twelve months: the wind, the rain, the snow, up in Fairplay. Okay. We sand off all the bark because there's bitter notes in the bark. Then yep. we char each piece on the Weber grill. Then it floats in the whiskey for eight months. Okay. So about twenty months total of Aspen kind of curing and then aging the whiskey. Okay. And we do that all by hand. Right? Right. We, can't, we can't buy that. No cube is going No, nobody's got does, it, right? aspen. So we cut that aspen, we cure it in logs, and then we have these kind of gardening platforms. It almost looks like a, like a chain link fence, about three feet off the ground, where these discs will rest on during the summer. Okay. We'll rotate them over so they get sun on both sides. We use UV rays to really help break down the cell structure, which are going to kind of concentrate the sugars that actually occur in the wood. Okay,
0: awesome. Right?
1: After it, when the rain, kind of leach everything out so everything's clean, there's no sap in there. We'll char it up and caramelize those sugars. So this is a big flavor filter. Yep. So that's going to float in the whiskey. It's going to make it smooth. That's why our 90 proof gets called like the gateway rye because it's so smooth. But the caramelized sugars add that light brown sugar cinnamon note that you've uh, you tasted through our
0: whiskeys. Yep. That kind of key ingredient for us. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. That's actually really cool how that's where you're getting that sweet note from. Because rye, obviously, is known for being hotter, it's spicier, it's not always called smooth, like you said, and the the aspen staves, that sweetness on it, we'll actually talk kind of about this guy. I believe this is the flagship one sitting right here. Flagship single barrel. Okay, flagship's here. So we'll actually start here. Um, Again, as I said, we're at Stoney's. Unfortunately, we can't open these bottles for the video for you guys. We have tried them, and I highly recommend you try them as well. I believe that Owen would agree with that that <laughs> yeah. assessment there. Try them all, yes. <laughs> but this guy here, just sampling, you said it's the like the gateway rye. Yeah. I, I can I see what you're saying by that. It's got that. You still get the kind of peppery notes. You get that cinnamon. You get those rye flavors, but it's so sweet. There's so much of that like brown sugar, caramely kind of bourbon-like flavor that comes through it. Absolutely, absolutely. We feel. We're 95% rye,
1: right? That classic 95.5, which is normally big flavor, big burn. Yep. Right? And so there's nuances and sweetness within that burn, and some people love that big burn, and we're rye guys, so we love that too. But that asper just rounds out the edge. Yeah. Right? That's kind of how he like More filtration, and then the sweetness on the linger. So it's just a little bit more rounded. Again, we think cutting the asper wood the way we do really helps. Yeah. Kind of filter that. So that's kind of our uniqueness that makes it the gateway rye. People will come up to us at events and be like, "I'm a bourbon drinker. I don't really like rye." i like, "No problem. I'll give us a shot." And they're yep. like,
0: "I guess I do like rye." And <laughs> right. They're like, "Perfect. Awesome. We're
1: doing our job.
0: This is great." Well, yeah. that's the way you branch out too. Like, that's I, I love stuff like that specifically because it gets you into something a little bit out of your comfort zone, but you're not. Diving so far that you're like, oh, I'm never trying that again. Right, right. Like, I mean, I'm a little hot. So the first time I ever tried a scotch, like a truly smoky scotch, was the Laphroaig uh, Tenure. Okay. Which is just a peat smoke bomb. (laughs) Peat bomb. Yep. Yep. And, like, I ended up loving it. But most people are like, no, can't. I can't go straight into that. I gotta work. Right,
1: that is not the typical path. Yep. No, you open that bottle and the whole room will smell like pee.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. Crazy.
1: So that's interesting you say that because like how you get into whiskey is such a unique story for everybody, right? We do see like you know, if you're like me and caused too much trouble in college, like started drinking bottom shelf whiskey and then got into Jack and Jim and then into good bourbons and you kind of crossed over to Ross. Yep. Right. That's kind of how we see the evolution. Now, ryes are getting more increase in kind of visibility with cocktails and the mixology moon. Yeah. So that spice note kind of holds up against sweetness. Some people jump into rise a little bit more quickly, but generally, that's kind of what we see, whereas your experience going peat bomb first, scotch just, is like, it's not the normal path. Well, okay, it was crazy because
0: right? I was all like, I thought bourbon was the only one I really liked because I sure. started to get into whiskey, that's where it was, and uh, my wife girlfriend at the time, she's like, I love this smoky beat you got to try this. Totally. And she goes, it's like you're taking a sip of a campfire. Totally. And it just, it just you know, sipping whiskey around a fire was what went into my mind. That's got to be why it just tagged instantly into, into goodness. But right. if you're not like me, meaning you're not kind of a crazy person and you're more of a bourbon drinker, sure. I definitely think this is a great step, like you said. Because you get those, those right notes. That I'm a huge fan. Sure. I love that pepper. I love the cinnamon. It's just absolutely, absolutely blast. It's
1: really a lot of fun. And
0: I would say the aspen, the main thing
1: that it does is that light brown sugar, that cinnamon. But there is almost like a grassy earth tone to it, like a little toffee that some scotch drinkers really latch on to. Yeah.
0: They'll
1: be like... It's I don't know, it's not like a green note or anything like that. It's more of an herbal tone But they're like, oh, not like a peaty scotch, maybe more like a highland or something like that. Okay. But they can kind of like, be like, ooh, I like that from Scotch World. I didn't know that was available in the rye world. Yep. Right? And so that aspen wood has just, people are just like, what does aspen taste like? Right? It's, like It's just like, sure, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Right? So the, the, once they're like, oh, it's not just a marketing gimmick. It actually imparts flavor. I can taste it. Yeah, The biggest thing we get feedback on, especially on this 90 proof, is smells like, tastes like going out for a hike in the Rocky Mountain.
0: Which, the first time I ever got to try one of the bottles, it was, so, the Aspens, and there's one other distillery in Colorado that's doing a lot with Aspen, obviously, for 291. 291. hogback got some, too. Yep, they did yep. that, uh, which one was it with the Aspen? They did the, the bourbon? Oakton Aspen bourbon. Yeah, that was, I got a bottle of that one, and that it's one turned one. out really good, They're too. They're doing great stuff. But I agree, you definitely get... And it's almost like the fall, like it, right. it brings me right to fall. Like you you can taste and smell out of the glass what the air tastes and smell like when you walk through like a cool aspen grove in the fall. Like a, a, a cool dinner.
1: aspen grove, right? Like yep. that cool earth and soil coming through. Yep. It's definitely how it is. And so people ask a lot, like, we'll get into some of these other products, but like how do you choose the aspen, okay. right? So. Yep we started cutting it, my brothers-in-law were like, are you going to clear-cut the whole family property? What are you doing, <laughs> exactly buddy? You know? So uh, I'm like, no, I think last year we cut like 15 trees off of 30 acres. There's big groves. Okay. We could cut more for like fire mitigation. Yep. But we're looking for like freshly wind trees. Okay. So ones that are not fully alive and ones that aren't dead but like good, decent quality, but they're depleting the grove of
0: nutrients. Yeah." They're sucking up pieces, uh, that's actually why we had to cut the aspen in our backyard as it was sitting there, mostly dead, but sucking up all the life from the trees next and everything. To it. Yep. And in that aspen grove, you
1: know, they're all connected by the root system, right? So yep. it's depleting resources, so it's a really stand- sustainable process. Okay, that's so you're, awesome. So you're like culling the forest so that grove can be more healthy and almost spread out, which then helps cross-pollinate the other aspen groves down valley. Beautiful, right? And so when we cut these, we also use vegetable-based bar and chain oil in the chainsaw. We okay. mm-hmm. buy it from Still. It's a green bottle, vegetable-based. So no petrol is getting on Awesome. Right? And so we wanted to make these safe as we could get them. Uh, again, hand-cutting, hand-charring each one and do it, going that route. It's like such a reputable res- resource, especially up in Fairway. Right. Yeah. So it's... Every time we do an event, somebody's like, I got an aspen tree in my backyard. You want to go cut it? Like, yeah, it grows like a weed sometimes, but using something iconic like aspen wood and just kind of stumbling into it around the fire has made us
0: kind of unique in what we do. Yeah, definitely yeah. kind of stands out there. Uh, before we go any further, yes. especially since we're on Fair Play, I do just want to take a quick moment to shout out the presenting sponsor for this podcast um, in Fairplay, actually. So if you spend any time up there and you like pizza then stop into to Kickin' Ass Mountain Pizza. They're oh, parked yeah. right behind Snitching Lady Distillery. Uh, they're open Wednesday through Sunday afternoons. Everything is handmade to order right there in front of you. Weekly specials, uh, which are always fun. If you, if you watch the show Bob's Burgers, you've seen it, so you know, he's got the burger of the day. It's always a fun pun. Yep. They've always got like a fun pizza up there. It's true. Um, Absolutely. I, I've been at, so we go to Fair Play all the time. Yep. We go getting the Aspen Wood, getting the kids up there, and so many pizzas from there. It's delicious. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely excellent. They do wings as well. They've it's got true. the wood fired oven right there, parked out. Um, and they, they're open through the winter this year. So usually they've had to close yeah. down with the, with the weather, but they're actually going to be open through the winter. So if you're up in the Fair Play area, check out some beautiful Aspen trees and make sure you snag yourself a pizza from Kicking Ass Mountain Pizza. A little Aspen pizza, a little Aspen whiskey. Let's do it. Let's do see it. if we can get them to do a an Aspen awesome. pizza. Yeah, something Aspen. We'll give them themed. some Aspen wood, and they can put it in the smoker
1: and in the wood fire. The wood nub, fire. Yep. Burn maybe just a, a little it. bit. Yeah. We don't want to bust. The Doesn't oven need to smoke. go too much right. yet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because that's mostly that's all hardwood. They're burning <laughs> in right, there, right, right, so that right, might exactly. be. Yep. We'll do it on the side. Could be a cool little little collab. Yeah, little collab, little fair play. Absolutely, see that. Absolutely. We'll so let's get into your uh, barrel strength one here. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, I mean, obviously barrel strength, but tell us a little bit more about this bottle. And
1: so super excited about this. This is so we start with the flagship that's 90 proof, two years and 30 gallon oak barrels of land of char levels two, three, four, and five, and then the ashwood wood finishing for eight months. Single barrels because we use different char levels, we can offer li- different char levels of single barrel again two, three, four, and five. Uncut, unfiltered, so that's three years in these 30-gallon oak barrels, eight months with the aspen. And we're averaging 128 to 132 in proof. Okay. So we put the barrel whiskey in at 123, we lose about seven to eight gallons after two years, after three years for the single barrel, we're losing about 11 gallons, right? So a lot to the angels share, concentrating that whiskey, getting that flavor. You can kind of see in this bottle a little plex of jar at the bottom. Just a bit. It's right. also
0: definitely darker. Right, you can see flax. how dark. it's like the concentrated yep.
1: flavor, but that extra year in the oak has more of those caramels, vanillas from that oak. Okay. But yeah, it's a ton of fun. Uh, it's been out maybe about a year or so now, um, small quantities. Each single barrel is about
0: 17 cases, 16 cases. So, so real small. Real quantity. small stuff. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome, no? Um, I mean, like you said, concentrated of the flagship. When we were able to sample this one, it was absolutely that. Like, you got the spice came out, especially the cinnamon. I think, I believe it was this one when we were trying them, that it was, like, almost the end of a red-hot candy on the back end of it. Like, just a lot of that.
1: Hot tamale, right? Hot tamale, exactly.
0: That spicy, but sweet cinnamon. Like, definitely has that candy note. But tons of the spice and then the notes that again come from that aspect are just awesome. It's one
1: of the things I love about this product is
0: we like to play guess
1: the proof. Okay, pour a sample and you tell me. And I told you it was one thirty before we started. You're like, there's no way that's one thirty, right? Did not drink like it. So if you're into cast strength whiskeys, this is definitely one to find out. You'll drink it be like, that's 110, that's 115, tops. Yeah. And at 130 proof, it's, it's really smooth, really flavorful, and uh, it holds up well. So we're excited
0: about this one for sure. Absolutely awesome. And they're all single barrel releases for these? Correct. Yes, sir. Fantastic. Oh, I know you've got them in a couple of stores.
1: So the single barrels, so we're pretty much just in Colorado, this distribution. In fact, when uh, our, so our flagship won gold three years ago at San Francisco World Spirits, They called us and they're like, You're one of the smallest producers to do this. We're like, Cool. And they're like, Yeah, you're a nano distillery. Yeah. And we're like, Cool, what's a nano distillery? So, San Francisco World Spirit standard of releasing under 100 barrels a year. So, our first batch of whiskey was 34 barrels, then 64. All this is still under 90 barrels. Okay. So, still super small stuff. So, everything we do is kind of allocated and small, but we're primarily just in Colorado. We do have, like, an online retailer where you can ship bottles. But the single barrels are now pretty readily available throughout Colorado. So Beautiful. if you have a liquor store somewhere you normally frequent, your favorite bar, they can pick up two or three bottles pretty easily
0: through our distribution partners. Awesome. Yeah. That's great because, you know, stuff like that, sometimes when you get those limited releases, it's hard to, to get people to try it. But if you've got the, the distribution through the state. That's right. And then you guys can pick up, you know, yeah, you find your local little liquor store, support Colorado from literally the top of the process to the bottom. To the process. bottom. And so that's one thing, like, we do do single barrels for a store. Like,
1: they'll do a barrel pick, right, right, obviously. But our distribution company will have a single barrel. Okay. And they'll sell two or three bottles to smaller shops. Kind of spread that love and have more people, more approachable products. Awesome. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, we'll get into that in a second, but that's kind of... Our mantra in our community is like how we can include more people yeah. in
0: what we're doing. So Absolutely. It's kind of fun. That's um, fantastic. Yeah. Really cool. But well, the single barrel is one that I definitely enjoyed. But I think, as much as I do like the, the new one that should hopefully be on shelf soon, I think my personal favorite of the evening was this one. So, this is a special one. Uh, our friend,
1: uh, shout out to John Schlego and Animal Winery out of the Rhino area in Denver, um, so this is a collaboration with them. So it's oak barrels, aspen wood, and then we put the whiskey into a 59-gallon Nebbiolo red wine barrel for 13 more
0: months. So you got over a year sitting in that red
1: over wine. Over a year, and it's a nice European barrel, brand new. So it's only used once for the wine. So okay. one used for wine it was just something totally different than our flagship and our single barrel. We wanted to create something totally different. Again, all we do is whiskeys, so we're creating that difference with those barrels, right? Yep. So that red wine, kind of that herbal stone fruit coming through, it's
0: 103.5, so not super hot, but pretty full-bodied, and just really complex out there. So I've seen plenty of Whiskey's finished in like different wine. I mean, sure. obviously, you get a lot of the fortified wine. You got a port finish. You get the sherry finish. Those are popular, and I, I love that kind of stuff. But Nebbiolo is not one that I have seen. Where? Why Nebbiolo? Why Nebbiolo? So the great team at Adamo. So
1: we went over to Adamo Winery again. If you've been stopped by there, the food's great. Wine's even better. But they have a great wine club, which is awesome. But sweet. So we went over there, and we brought. The flagship and some um, single barrel and we got I don't know maybe 20 glasses Glen Cairns together we would blend about 40 ml of whiskey to 10 milliliters of their wines okay so we did their uh, Cabernet, the Barolo, the Nebbiolo and so we mixed a little bit of wine for the whiskey and that was kind of our, how we started
0: okay And
1: then we did another round, we'll just kind of filter down which wines we liked. We got down and down to the Nebbiolo, and then we would do about 10 milliliters with the whiskey, 20 milliliters. So you have 50 milliliters, and you're just kind of blending more and more wine in there to see how long, that will give you like a range of like how long we should age that in the wine barrel, right? So just playing with them, and that's one of the best things we do, is... To, going through these single barrels, adding water and blending things together—that's the most fun thing that we absolutely <laughs> do. The creative side of it. So working with great people, Taylor over Adamo, John, and just the Nerd Nebbiolo was delicious. They're like, "Yeah, we'd really like to use the Nebbiolo, but it just happened to be the best thing that blended with that rice spice, and nobody else was doing it. So let's do something different."
0: Yeah, and I, I'm all for. I mentioned this to you before. You know, we got the the show rolling here before we got together. I. When it's, like, something off the wall, I, that's sure. my favorite way to go. Sure. Because, I mean, heck, nobody was really doing whiskey with corn until came to the United States. All right. of a sudden, boom, here we go. Nobody was doing, you know, di- everything's pouring off a of kind of off-the-wall sure. ideas. And I, I love that. It was really, really earthy. had a lot right. of that quality to it. Um, definitely kind of the red... Fruit notes—you can tell that it was influenced by by wine cask for sure. Absolutely,
1: and even as we look at them from, like you can see that like red hue, just a red tint to it, a little tint, a little hue. It's, it's just something totally different than the first two. Right? Yeah, and so that's that's been fun. And like you said, we do have some ports and cherries and some other things coming out, but at least to have something totally different.
0: Yeah, and nobody's seen kind of really out there. It's really fun it's yeah it's really fun that's a blast and yeah. i mean a colorado winery too so again we're sticking with that from exactly. top to bottom everything is is colorado yep. which fits for a colorado craft podcast exactly <laughs> it's one of the things that we put on our bottles too is we call it kindred
1: spirits okay beautiful so in colorado drinking around a campfire having a good time for kindred spirits you might not see each other for a while but you always catch up and it's like you never let it, you know? yeah. So all these relationships kind of having more fun around the campfire
0: that's beautiful yep. yeah no that, that bottle was was awesome absolutely a blast so um, I know you guys don't have this still yourself that you're doing this from so you're going through another Colorado company to make all your spirits So again that's right we're keeping it all Colorado you guys are creative process Nashville everything you've got that all hammered into them Correct,
1: so the only still we own is the 6 foot 23 gallon we started the garage with. Right? So, nice big one, but that allowed us to kind of get into the aspen wood and essentially about five, six years of learning how to cure the aspen wood to get that correct. We had a bunch of friends ask us like, every Christmas, I need, oh, and I need 20, 30 jars for Christmas. And that's when we're like, all right, let's let's see if we can actually make this aspen wood a thing. Okay. And, And so we found a local partner. They were in Aurora. They moved down to Colorado Springs. Everything's aged there, bottled there. They do source from MGP or they make their own. It just depends on what you're looking for. Okay. And then everything's aged down there. So all the oak aging, the barrels, the aspen, the bottling, and then we sell it around Colorado.
0: So you guys ship that aspen, the aspen uh, discs down to them to finish that off in. Correct. Well, we okay. just we
1: just bring it down. Oh, sweet. We, we we do it, so we're down there
0: all the time. So
1: we just we just don't own the place. You're, right? you're right, right? literally just
0: yes, yeah. You're doing everything by hand when it comes to these aspen trees. Exactly. exactly. That's exactly. kind of amazing, actually. That's that's got to be a heck of a lot of work.
1: It's a lot of fun. You know, get my kids involved
0: now, or helping turn the discs
1: over and load up the trucks and everything nice. like that. So it's it's uh, it's fun and play up in
0: Fair Play. That's right? awesome. Right? Right? Yep. Little fishing, a little whiskey, a little aspen. Yep. Yep. Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely spectacular. So then keeping on that kind of just everything Colorado here, we've got this one with the new label. Yep. Start off by telling me a little bit about the the label on the front, because obviously completely different from your other ones. Completely different. So a little different shape, still that flask
1: shape, but big brown trout on there. So we're calling our Big Catch Bourbon. Um, This is a collaboration with our friends at Repu Water. So Corinne and Garrison, the co-founders, been friends with them just through fly fishing and being on the water and uh, being around town. So, talk to Garrison, he's a great artist. He came up with this great concept for us hand drawn art, um, just kind of showcasing Colorado. Like, we're using our local roots, another great company to make kind of a collaborative experience on this bourbon. So, super excited about it. It's not on shelves quite yet. We're hoping any week now, just waiting for governor approval. For- <laughs>
0: Got to wait for that government stamp of that's approval right, on that's these. Right. So hopefully by the time this comes out, because I don't know exactly what day, we're about one episode a month at the moment. Sure, sure. So maybe by the time it comes out, then this one will be available. If not, very shortly afterwards. Exactly. Just in time for the holiday, it sounds like. That's the plan. Good. That's the Good. plan. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Excellent. Well, so, and then this one is a bourbon versus your rye, so... Right.
1: The first one, three we talked about, the flagship, the single barrel, and the nebula finish were all 95% rye, five barley. This bourbon is a blend of four barrels, uh, all 75% corn, three of which had uh, high wheat, so 21% wheat, four barley. The other one had 21% rye, so kind of a high rye barrel and three high wheat barrels. And awesome. then we blended those together and then finished it with a little of that rye spice from our Aspen wood that we've used to age the other products. So super fun, unique. It's got our signature, our fingerprints all over it. A little bit more approachable price point out there, but we're super excited
0: about it. Yeah, and sampling this one, the little bit that I got to try of that, it's, again, also, it. it there's something magical about using the Aspen. I sure. like. And I really do feel the aspen is a, it's kind of what makes it very much a Colorado. Totally. Like it grows it, it, it's totally out of left field, changes it to be something uniquely from this state, which right. I, I absolutely love. So it's, I mean, aspens go, you know, they grow elsewhere, but when you picture an aspen scene in the fall, you're picturing Aspen, Colorado, sure. or Fair Player you know, any of the mountain towns. The
1: Rocky Mountains. Like you yep. said, like, walking through a cool hike, the leaves changing, like, it's just so iconic. Yeah, We get to use that and be a part of that. And, you know, in the future, we might have some products without the aspen, but right now, that's just a part of who we are because drink around the fire, that's what we wanted to do, right? Yep. And so you'll see on our bottles, like, this plus sign and the plus sign and Lock & Co. We, we think of Lock & Co as, like, Lock & Company, like, we were growing up in Colorado, like having company over for dinner. Yep. Right? Like having people over, locking community. So we want to just add people to the experience of us, like how we started drinking around the fire. Yeah. Right? So having this flash-shaped bottle, it fits in my back pocket as a flask, not all pants. All right. But to carry around a 750, like we were growing up hey. skiing and fishing with a little flask on us. Right? Yep. So that's kind of how it worked out. So we want to add people to the experience of locking to we highlight
0: that plus sign and everything we do to join people kind of around our campfire. That is lovely, Beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, sitting around the fire for sure. I'm like, your perfect spot then perfect spot, perfect time of year sure. to have a pour of whatever whiskey it might happen to be. But what's like the ideal environment for you to be sitting, ah, go to, I choose this question. over everything else. Great question. So, uh,
1: Cool nights of the summer, you're talking like August, September, after a day of fly fishing for me, would be okay. where it is around a campfire. Typically, that would be our Fair Play cabin, where it is. There's a couple places outside of Steamboat that I would call perfect. Okay. But um, kind of just around people and talking and doing that, I think, is my favorite place to do it. Having the conversation, I think that's something that we're all starting to get back to. Yeah. Right? You know, it's like, We've had whiskey on our so uh, by ourselves or doing virtual things, but having that actual conversation of thanks hosting Thanksgiving. Yep. Or doing things like that, that it's all kind of coming back into our community and just have that celebration of like, have you tried this? Yep. Hey, check this out. And I think that's part of
0: like just open conversation and having fun. See so that's awesome, because I've one hundred percent in the same way. it's like it's it's almost more about the having people Directly around you with sure. it, versus the specific location that you're in. Right, you know? I totally agree. Yeah, totally agree. it makes it completely opens up. Like, I, I think it makes everything taste better too. It's, it's just bad. It's the whole hard. thing. It really does. Like sitting there, sampling stuff, you can try stuff on your own. You can go do things, but once you start talking to somebody, it really it, especially it, someone who enjoys
1: it right and it draws you back the next time you have a sip or a whiskey you're like oh i remember that last time we had a good conversation yep as you mentioned that you got into scotch that peter scott from Andrew of the campfire it's just like yeah. deep sensual kind of memory experience that like brings you back to that old experience so that's what we're about
0: yeah uh, that's awesome well, I, that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about, was get you to tell some of your story, let people know kind of what Lock and Co is all about, yeah. tell them about your beautiful lineup of whiskeys that you got here. So Even brought props for us. I have a prop. So they were like, <laughs> why are you carrying a cheese wheel around? Yeah, if you feel that, you feel like light that Yeah, is. that weighs
1: nothing. Right? So, like, being kind of like a... It's amateur Cooperage, right? Yep. So, like, we lose 60% of the weight on this stuff. So, it's all done by hand and all having fun in all Colorado. It's just fun to share that story. We could talk about it all day. And you're from Colorado, right? Oh, yeah. yeah born, born and right. raised. Born yep. and
0: raised. And so, where'd you go to high school? Uh, I was Prairie View, is what it was, up in sure? uh, Henderson. Yep. Totally. Right? So, so, you're yeah. I finally got Broncos season tickets nice about all right. three years go. ago it
1: took me 18 years Jeez. rick is a huge abs fan he's got tickets he's got pictures of our sticker on the ice for like a free skate workout and stuff what? he's okay, been to a bunch awesome. of playoff games so it's just fun hanging out with people from colorado yeah but if you're not from colorado all the counts is you made it here yeah it is all like you understand what we're about going outside having fun and i think that's what this podcast is about what we're about is just just having fun, being outside, and keeping that smile
0: going. Right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's crazy you got the season tickets because I know people that have been waiting forever. <laughs> their
1: nosebleeds. But it, from oh, hey, man, twenty twenty-two, oh no, two thousand two to
0: twenty eighteen. Yep. So, so sixteen years. years. Yep. yep. The whole time, and then unfortunately you got them kind of the, at <laughs> oh, the, the most downturn <laughs> spot right <laughs> after the Super Bowl. <laughs> yep. right? But hey, it's an upswing right now. Exactly, our I'll boys are on a five-game win streak as of the recording of this. No so doubt. no we'll, doubt, we'll, we'll take that too. for sure. Absolutely, finally we can you know let Russ cook without the fear of the kitchen burning down. So well, it's funny,
1: I'll get texts from buddies like having a lock and go for good luck to win this game. It'll happen for Abs or Nuggets during when they won the championship, like. Pouring a little lock and go for good luck, and uh, it brings good luck. Lock and go gives you luck. Makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah,
0: yeah. I like it. I always, so it's just, for whatever reason, I always go with something Colorado to drink whenever sure. I'm watching, particularly um, once it hits, like, playoff time. Totally, so, totally. Uh, for, like, the Avs playoff run, the so, first game, oh, yeah. or the Stanley Cup run, the first game I had, I realize it's you know they're owned by Budweiser, but Breckenridge Brewery still a sure. Colorado brewery. Absolutely. I had a Breckenridge Avalanche for that first game because I managed to score a ticket to it, and I was oh, like, "Oh, nice! Let's go!" Yep. So it's Nashville Predators. They blow That's them out. It's, so I'm like, you know what? I, I'm not a really superstitious guy, and but, but it's for whatever out. reason, I was like, you know out. what? I can't. I can't change that now. So sure. I had. Had to have a Breck Avalanche for every game. Every game. I love it. hey, they brought the cup home that year, so. If it's not broken, they'll fix right, it. Right, exactly.
1: Right? Yeah, we were excited. We got a bottle of our whiskey on uh, John Michael Lyles'
0: like wine shop in the back, I, which so which was awesome. If I, you follow me on cause Twitter. Because
1: we were like, we had people sending us little pictures. Yeah, I had yeah. to
0: pause the broadcast for that. I took the picture of it. Yes, and I tagged John Michael yes, Lyle. on right, I'm like, true. hey, great choice of bottle oh, to have up there. That oh, was, I mean, that's definitely a cool shout out because he's got some. He's got some good stuff. He's got some nice bottles sitting on yeah. that shelf.
1: Shout out to to Mark Rycroft, Sobo Liquors, big fans of ours. We're of him. You can go talk to Mark at his shop, and he's got great whiskey
0: knowledge. Knows so much. Friendliest guy in the world. He's the best. Riker. Riker's awesome. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And the great. suits. Yep, the suits. Always looks sharp. It's always good. Oh. the one time that he was in the store when I was there, like again, just. Absolutely sharp, on point, totally set up, good to go. Oh. The store is really nice too. Like so it was, big. it's real easy to walk through. It doesn't, it's packed to the gills, but without making you feel too closed in. So this got, is this is not an ad, by it, the way. No, no, like, is, Rikers not paying us for this one. We just do like his store a lot. Exactly. So exactly. go check them out on South Broadway, Soho yep. Liquors downtown. Um, if you know about where Laws and Bear Creek are. Yep. Just a little bit further south of that, and you'll find yourself at Selvo. That's right. Say hi to Laws and Bear
1: Creek, too. Stop
0: in there. All friends. It's all community in the whiskey world. So that's, we can kind of wrap it up on that note, because I feel like like every Colorado distiller that I've ever talked to, like, you guys all seem to know at least most of one another. Sure. And the the community and everything, like, there's... Obviously, you're all on shelves, and technically, I feel like an outsider might look and be like, oh, you're competitors, Yeah. but you guys are, I mean, the distilling family is a family. It's crazy how well everybody gets along, and there's nobody in this business in Colorado that I would say is unfriendly, unapproachable. It's such a welcoming and fun environment. It's such a fun industry to be a part of, and...
1: People help each other out with bottles, seals, labels. I mean when COVID hit, things went crazy, right? So there's definitely a community involvement there. And like it's like co-opetition. Yep. It's like the rising tide's gonna float all Colorado. Oh yeah. People recognize Colorado's good and craft. If we're all good, it's gonna help everybody. So it really is. It's a lot of fun for sure. And we're trying to do collaborations. We've done some with Balmer Peak. Looking to do one with Snitching Lady for like a Fair Play release. Like oh, that'd be fantastic. Whoever wants to play and do stuff,
0: we're open. So if you're listening, reach out. We'll do something fun. We'll get that get that Snitching Lady one and we'll get the Aspen save up to uh, kick an ass now. Yeah, pizza. that's right. We'll it. go. We'll go a full Fair Play Aspen it. pizza release. I love the yeah, idea. That's happening. That's like June this year. It's, it's on. Hey, man. Summertime. I, I'm going to keep it's my good. eyes out for it. it. Let's definitely it. do it. So. Awesome. Well, Owen, oh, thank you again so much for joining us. This has been an absolute blast. Is there anything else you want to put out to... Uh, no. Stay safe, have fun with the whiskey, and uh, thank you, Zach. Yeah, thank you very much Appreciate again it for coming on. And uh, for everybody listening, watching at home, all this, again, my name is Zach. This is a Colorado Craft Podcast. Thank you all for joining us. If you aren't already, obviously follow Lock & Co. on all the hey. social media platforms. Uh Find out about releases, find out about whiskeys, and just generally good content. Sign up for the email, best way. Get you
1: the good, good, new,
0: new, as quick as possible. Get it right away, directly to your inbox. And speaking of which, sign up for the Mile High Bourbon email as well. Just recently launched that. I do have some exciting news coming down the pipeline. I know I keep teasing it. I'm just waiting for the final confirmation, and then that'll come out. So... Follow us on social media, at Mile High Bourbon, basically everywhere. Just search Mile High Bourbon and Rye. Check us out. And as always, thank you all for joining us and listening to another episode of the Colorado Craft Podcast. Cheers. Cheers.